And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Hello, and welcome to Chewing the Fat. How in the world are you? You look fantastic today. I mean it. You do. You look great. Don't let anybody tell you any different. I want to start today with what's billed as the headline of the story, shocking news. Now, I don't know that it's shocking, but it is sad. Uh, Thomas Middleditch and his wife, Molly, are getting a divorce. I know. I know. It is proof of what we talked about, how couples that aren't, uh, you know, quite the lovey-dovey couple during the pandemic lockdown. Once the lockdown is over, we're done. Have a nice day. The wedding's over. And, of course, they are getting this divorce. Uh, they filed, uh, uh, you know, the end of last month, just a few days ago. And uh, they cited irreconcilable differences as the reason for the split, of course. And um, they, Thomas Middleditch and his wife Molly, I, I mean, you you know who they are, right? The Verizon wireless commercial guy and HBO's Silicon Valley and his wife, Molly Gates, the costume designer. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I know. I know you know who they are. So now why that's such a shocking news is that uh, Middleditch told Playboy in an interview that he and his wife were swingers. And that they both participated. So, I think uh, during, uh, you know, this pandemic, uh, they couldn't swing. And they just had to be with each other. And that is your irreconcilable difference right there. So, I just happened to be looking through the 91-page list of Jeffrey Epstein's black book. I just, you know, I just thumbing through it. I was just, I didn't, I didn't delve into it really, and I mean that. I just was scanning it uh, real fast before I sat down to do the show today, and I thought, ah, I gotta have time. So we'll maybe get into this uh, either tomorrow or Friday. We'll delve into the list even more, but. Uh, you know, the, the black list from Jeffrey Epstein, the black book. I'm sorry. It's not the black list. Oh my gosh. How, how dare me? I'm sorry. Um, it has, you know, as I just scrolled through it really fast before, before I sat down to, uh, to do the show. And if you're listening live today is, you know, of course, June 3rd, 2020, uh, on chewing the fat, George Harrison, Dustin Hoffman, Liz Hurley, Bob Pittman. Mm. Uh, those of you that don't know who Bob Pittman is, uh, you could. Bob Weinstein. Harvey, I didn't see Harvey's name in there. I did look for Harvey's name. And there's uh, you know, there's a list of hotels and his some apartments and numbers and extensions. One of my favorite little things was for the Four Seasons Hotel in New York. Under the comments section, it says pork pies, pork sausages. So if you're looking to get pork pies and pork sausages, I'm assuming that Jeffrey Epstein believes they're the best at the Four Seasons Hotel in New York. It could mean uh, something else. And we'll have to, you know, once I get delving in through the 
through the black book, maybe, you know, I'll figure out what pork pies and pork sausages really means at the Four Seasons Hotel in New York. But for now, we'll go with food. (laughs) But I am in love with just thumbing through the Jeffrey Epstein black book. So we'll be... We'll be telling you a little bit about more about who is in the black book as the programs continue. I'll probably do that on Friday. You know, it's a fat pile Friday and we'll go through we'll go through the black book of Jeffrey Epstein on Friday, okay? Let's plan on that. A couple things to wrap up from yesterday. I talked to you about uh, Cristobal, the third named storm, but the first in the regular season of hurricane season uh so this one counts it's not a preseason storm it is on its way uh it is barreling into the gulf of mexico it's looking like it's going to hit uh well right now uh the cone of death is uh right into louisiana but uh that should start affecting uh, some of the uh southern coasts of the united states uh, sometime this weekend and then uh, by Sunday night, Monday-ish, make some landfall uh, somewhere in the uh, you know the Gulf states. Uh, you know, depending on the wobble, you never know with the wobble. You can quote me on that where the cone of death will end up. But once that wobble makes a decision, you will know where the cone of death definitely is. And remember, I. I told you before we left yesterday that uh, it was Super Tuesday. It was a big Tuesday, big voting Tuesday. Yeah, there were all kinds of other stuff happening, a few little things here and there, but it was a big Tuesday. And I want to congratulate Joe Biden. Uh, He won every one of them. So, uh, you know, congratulations. And, uh, you know, good for him. And, man, I can't wait. I mean, he's the... You know, he's going to be the nominee for the Democratic Party. And it's about the only, I know, I know, I don't want to hear the, I don't want to hear the political music. I'm just, I won't get into it. Never mind. We'll just leave it at congratulations, Joe. You were the big winner yesterday on what was. I don't know if it was a Super Tuesday or a Big Tuesday or just a Voting Tuesday, a Tuesday. But congratulations to you on being the the victor in uh, Indiana, District of Columbia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, New Mexico, South Dakota, Montana. So congratulations. There are a few things in the equality headline business. Uh, there's a few things going on around the world. I'm not going to get into you know too much of the protests, but uh, just know that uh, you know as the protests continue across the country, brands and business leaders are directly addressing racial inequality, and that's what's important. All because of, well, this says killing. I say the murder of George Floyd. But 
Good for these companies. Bank of America is going to commit $1 billion over the next four years to address racial and economic inequality. (sighs) Music executives have asked their industry to pause business. They did it yesterday. They're going to, uh, they want people to examine ways to support black communities. And you saw it yesterday on the Instagram blackout. I hope you examined ways that you can support black communities. One of the ways I would say off the top of my head would be not, you know, destroy stores and places of business in, uh, in the black community. But that's me. And it's just silly for me to think something like that. Uh, GM CEO Mary Barra was going to commission an inclusion advisory board of internal and external leaders. Grinder will remove ethnicity filters on its dating app. Snap CEO called for reparations commission and taxes to address racial injustice. Well, Robert Johnson uh, from the uh, RLJ company, he's a billionaire, one of the first black men to ever become a billionaire. He's already addressed reparations in his uh, stain of slavery plan. He wants to give uh, $350,767 to over 42 million African-American eligible descendants. That's only a $14.7 trillion price tag. So, snap, you are behind the eight ball, my friend. Okay. Uh, Robert Johnson has already got it taken care of. And Wendy's is in the hot seat, but I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I am sure why, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Um, A franchise company who owns some Wendy's donated money to Trump's re-election plan. Don't play the don't play the political music. The story is about Wendy's donating to Trump's re-election, okay? And there's a big cancel campaign being launched against the fast food giant. Now, this franchise company donated $400,000 to help President Trump's re-election campaign. Now, it's the company Mui or I mean, it's M-U-Y exclamation point. James Bodenstedt is the CEO. All right. It franchises hundreds of Wendy's, Taco Bells, and Pizza Huts throughout the country. And they've been taking a beating because of the political donations. So I don't know. I don't understand. It's not really Wendy's. It's Mui. Mui? I don't know. M-U-Y exclamation point. His company. uh, His company. We'll just have to pretend we know how to pronounce it. But either way, it's not Wendy's. It was reported that he gave money to uh, the 
Trump re-election campaign. And he's given to the re-election campaign. He's given, the companies have given to a victory pack. And now they're getting hammered, Wendy's, with the hashtag Wendy's is over party. Uh, I would say uh, no to that. Uh, no. Uh, it's their company and uh, I like Wendy's. So that's the way you go. And, you know, of course, it's always Twitter, which is so nice. And people on Twitter are great. And you can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR, by the way, just as a side note. But uh, people are saying they've eaten their last nug. Uh, you know, this is for Wendy's, you big, fat, white, nasty, smelling, fat, B. Why you took me off the mother schedule with your trifling, dirty, white, racist, A, big, fat, umpa lumpa body, at, B. I'm coming up there and going to beat the F out of you. Wendy's is over party. So, it's always good news. It's always good to have have people mad at you, okay? Again, it's just a company that owns these different franchises. It's not the franchises. But, maybe, maybe, you know, the corporate headquarters of these companies will frown upon one of their franchisees taking their money and donating it to whoever the hell they want to. And then if that happens, now we've got a bigger story and a better one, quite frankly. Another story that's, I mean, I want to feel like it's a good story coming out of the riots and the looting is that, uh, you know, all the Apple stores that were uh, looted uh, which were a number of stores. I mean, we had Apple stores uh, attacked uh, in Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, Philadelphia. And there's a video of uh, of the stores being looted uh, in Portland uh, during the protest. And people are just taking as much as they can. Well, many of the stores are closed now and boarded up. And the merchandise, you know, either taken off-site or put away in the bag safely. Now, Apple CEO Tim Cook, not one, you know, I mean, he's, uh, of course, he's for the protest. Oh my gosh. He is so for the protest. And he sent a message to his employees. Uh, there is a pain deeply etched in the soul of our nation and in the hearts of millions. To stand together, we must stand up for one another and recognize the fear, hurt, and outrage rightly provoked by the senseless killing of George Floyd and much longer history of racism. Yeah, of course. He went on to say that at Apple, our mission, as always, will be to create technology that empowers people to change the world for better. We've always drawn strength from our diversity, welcomed people from every walk of life to our stores around the world, and strived to build an Apple that is inclusive to everyone. Hey, you know, but we're going to go ahead and, you know, lock them down and we're going to remove stock from the shop floors. We're going to shutter the locations because we know <laughs> people are ruining our, you know, it's our space. <laughs> we, spent a, <laughs> we spent a lot of money on our space. And the thing that I kind of want to like is that uh, they have uh, proximity software that disables a device 
when it's illegally taken from a store. And we'll see how that technology works. And we know that they have uh, disabling software so that if it hasn't been purchased and the disabling software hasn't been disabled itself, you will be alerted. And we know we've seen on we've seen on social media pictures of the Apple iPhones being turned on and the phone itself saying, please return to Apple Walnut Street. This device has been disabled and is being tracked. Local authorities will be alerted. Now, even if that isn't real, I love it. But I'm pretty sure it's real. So it makes me kind of happy that the people who believe that they can just take anything they want because they want it can't take that. Now, on the flip side of that, do I want Apple... I mean, I, I don't care, right? We've already, we've we been through this already. Where I don't care. If I cared, I wouldn't have a cell phone. I wouldn't have internet service in my house that tracks what I watch and lets me know. I wouldn't have a cell phone sitting right next to me as I'm talking to you. And whatever stories I'm talking about to you ends up in my timelines on social media, which means um, my phone is listening. I don't care. Whatever. We, I've already given in. Right? We all have. We've already given in. It just doesn't matter. You don't want somebody to know where you are. Don't take your cell phone with you. Shut off the GPS. Shut off the Bluetooth. Shut it all down so that they're not tracking you. Don't go to websites and just inadvert- just all automatically hit yes on the cookies. Don't do it. Make sure you read all the all the information before you finish saying, yes, just put the app on my phone. I know the app can listen to everything I'm saying. I know the app can track me. I know that it even has more power if it's turned on, if I happen to leave it on. If I have my, if you have a, your game app open on your phone and you didn't shut the app off and then you took off, there's more tracking going on from that. I got it. Right. I mean, we've given in. We've given in because that's a battle, really. I think we thought we were going to fight. I, you know, 10 years ago, for sure, 20. You, that was a battle that you were going to fight. No way am I going to let that happen. I mean, it just won't. We just won't. And then, of course, we are because it just got too hard. I mean, easy. It just got too easy to have what I wanted in my hand and in my pocket whenever I wanted it. It's not I am talking about a phone with that statement. But it just got too hard to try to keep track of everything and what I've said yes to and what I who I've said no to and don't turn this on and don't turn that on. And if I don't say yes, I'm not going to be able to take the picture. I just want to take the picture. I just want to see the story. That's all. That's all. That's all I want to do. Just let me see the story. Yeah, I don't care. You're listening to me? Yeah, I don't care. You tracking where I go? Yeah, I don't care. You're listening to what I, you know, what stores I'm going into so you can send me ads? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I just want to be able to do what I want to do 
with my phone when I want to do it. If I have to say yes to you tracking me, all right, fine, no problem, whatever. I mean, I feel like we've given in, but then you have Google being sued over its private mode, a $5 billion class action lawsuit is alleged that uh, Google engages in covert and unauthorized data collection. Now, of course, the company has said that it clearly states that websites might be able to collect information about your browsing activity. But the real argument is about Google and their uh, search engine when you have the privacy mode on. Right. I mean, that's their, their fight is that, uh, they assume you assume as an internet user that when you view in private mode, you're not being tracked with your search history. Well, maybe you're not being tracked by Google, but the websites you're going to most definitely are right. I mean, I I think I'm, I sadly I'm with Google on this. Um, they say, uh, look, incognito mode within Google's Chrome browser gives users the choice to search the internet without their activity being saved to the browser or device. But the websites visited can use tools such as Google Analytics to track usage. See, that's... <laughs> They, the complaint says that Google cannot continue to engage in the covert unauthorized data collection from virtually every American with a computer or phone. Well, look, uh, then Google says, look, um, as we clearly state, each time you open a new incognito tab, websites might be able to collect information about your browsing activity. But what they aren't saying is that most of these websites are using Google Analytics to track your usage. So while Google isn't technically tracking your internet browser history, they are for a separate company. Kind of a fine line. That's a tough line. That's a tough line. I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. I do. I mean, it is, we've, we've allowed it. We've allowed that line to exist. Good luck. Good luck for this class action lawsuit for $5 billion. I wish I was in on a little bit of it because Google might just give you three or four just to go away. And, uh, you know, okay. I'm, I'm all right with that. I'm sure the law firm suing them is too. Well, that's probably why they're suing them. So there's three plaintiffs. Oh, based in the U.S., so maybe, maybe there's more worldwide. But, uh, you know, they're saying more people everywhere are becoming more aware and concerned that their personal communications are being intercepted, collected, recorded, or exploited for gain by technology companies that have come to depend on. Well, yeah. Now, they say one option for visitors to install Google Analytics browser opt-out extension to disable measurement by Google Analytics. Okay, so, but does that disable, it disables measurement by Google Analytics. 
But if I, if Google Analytics is tracking me through joesshoes.com, does it disable that? Or is it just specifically through Google? See, that, that's, that's, their, that's their fine line, right? They're not technically tracking you. The website, Joe's Shoes, is tracking you. They just happen to be using Google Analytics. Wow, that's, that's incredible. I should be in on this class action lawsuit. I'd like to get a couple of bucks from Google for that. All right, let's go to the break room, get a, get a drink, and see what else is happening in the world, shall we? Don Henley, you remember uh, you remember Don Henley from the Eagles? Wait, you don't? Yeah, the Eagles, the songwriter Don Henley. He was uh, in front of Congress yesterday. You know, online, of course. I mean, hello, it's COVID nineteen still going on. Um, he was in front of uh, Congress asking for uh, them to uh, protect artists against online pirating. He's into the copyright world and the war. And he says that uh, he is uh, Hollywood and the recording industry against big tech platforms like Google's YouTube. (laughs) YouTube's pretty good. YouTube's pretty good about knocking that stuff down. I'll tell you that. But he was talking about... uh, He believes that it's, uh, you know, the the old way where holders of the copyrighted material formally ask parties they believe have taken their content without permission to remove it. And the parties can dispute the claim. And then if they comply promptly with the request, there's no legal consequences. Uh, Otherwise, they can be subject to criminal penalties. That law is weak, according to Don Henley, and needs to be changed to be made more effective in stopping online privacy the so-called notice and takedown system under the copyright law is used by the movie and recording industries entertainment software makers and book authors to pursue tech platforms universities and other facilitators of file sharing henley called the copyright law a relic of a myspace era in a tiktok world it's a pretty good line actually uh, with hundreds of millions of takedown notices sent for every link taken down a dozen more pop up in its place the system still allows big tech to rake in revenue after repeated copyright infringements. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the big tech giants are under the, under the spotlight right now, man. So, you know, things are, things are looking to maybe change. Do we need the government to do that? Hey, I mean, probably do. Did I just say that? Uh, but the copyright law, according to Don Henley, a relic of a MySpace era in a TikTok world. There's a song in there somewhere, Don. As long as we're in the break room, uh, let's talk a little bit about Zoom, which we've all used. And I know it's time to have a a Zoom party for chewing the fat. I'll I'll let you know. I know, you know, my wife and I have got to do our question and answer thing. I get it. I know. I know, I know, I know. Just subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Subscribe to the podcast and then, you know, follow me on uh, 
Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. You can follow me on Twitter, as I told you earlier, at JeffyJFR. And I'll let you know when it's going to happen. You can, you know, or you can, you know, subscribe to, if you've already subscribed to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. But if you haven't subscribed to either of them, what are you doing with your life? Uh, and I know, I know. No, I don't want to question what you're doing. Yeah, I shouldn't have asked you that question. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the last person to be casting aspersions on what people are doing with their life. But I'm asking you, just subscribe to the podcast, follow me on social media, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Back to the Zoom. They pulled in $328.2 million in revenue compared to $202 million that they expected to earn for the quarter. Uh, yeah, I know. They expected $200 million and they got three hundred and almost $330 million. I mean, fantastic, right? Now, of course they did. I mean, everybody was... Then I say everyone. Zoom was used overwhelmingly during the lockdown. No question. Now, they grew 169% year to year. That is, uh, that's pretty good. And just so you know, that's pretty good. I'm not a business guy, but I'm telling you, your business and revenue grows 169% year to year. It's pretty good. The Zoom mobile app added an estimated 159 million monthly active users between March 4th and and May 27th. I mean, that's because people were, I don't want to leave the bedroom. I got a meeting and I don't want to go into my office. I don't want to lug the big laptop around. Just put it on my phone and we'll have our meeting. Okay, you forgot about the meeting this afternoon? Oh, that's right. Hello. And you just click in on your phone. So good for Zoom. And also, uh, duh. No kidding. Oh, uh, really? You think you went up during the pandemic and the lockdown? You know what else went up? Masks. I know. <laughs> I know. Another, no kidding, Jeff. Really? Yeah. They talk about uh, early on during the pandemic, how uh, retailers began uh, making the PPE masks, the medical grade PPE masks, to support the healthcare workers. And, uh, you know, of course, they don't want to say that it wasn't to support the healthcare workers, but also to, you know, I don't know, keep the doors open. But uh, then in March and April, the regular consumer, you know, Mom and Pop learned we had to wear masks in public spaces, so they started creating uh, masks themselves because the demand was there. Sellers on Etsy sold 12 million face masks in April. 133 million in total sales. In 30 days leading up to May 18th, there was one face mask related search on Etsy every 0.5 seconds. <laughs> wow. 
the uh, what's called in this story the mask extravaganza continues but uh they talk about uh, apparel retailers are still you know hurting yeah no kidding and uh masks could bring you know the crowded events like concerts back i mean we're already getting uh you know parades those are parades right they're not protests right they're parades that's what i thought yeah Well, we're still getting the coronavirus numbers. I don't know that it matters anymore. Uh, apparently, with uh, global protests, gatherings uh, going on around the globe, uh, it is this George Floyd thing is really incredible. And I know, uh, I know, I know, I know, I don't want to. You know, we can. I don't. I don't want to talk about it all the show, but we could. But it's just. It really is incredible because I care about Amsterdam gathering and protesting the death of George Floyd. How much do I care about that? How much do I care about that? How much do I care about that? Oh, yeah. Zero. A zero is what I care about that. Now, I care about what's happening here in the United States of America. But what they think of the United States and France bothers me zero. But uh, it is just incredible. And I, I don't know. We're still getting, uh, you know, coronavirus numbers. But apparently with the gatherings, uh, there's no social distancing going on. So what? Ha- I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, we still have 6,515,566 cases total worldwide. 384,678 total deaths. We have almost 2 million uh, total cases in the U.S., 1,890,931 total cases, 108,599 total deaths. I mean, China is grinding to a halt. They, uh, look, they're at 83,021 total cases right now. But as of this recording... On the 3rd of June, 2020, for those of you listening live, they have zero new cases to report. So, don't you... (laughs) I mean, maybe it is over. Maybe it is over. I don't know. But it certainly isn't over for the travel industry. The TSA checkpoint turnstile numbers, 267,742. Wow, almost 100,000 less than uh, the previous two days. I I don't know. I don't know when it comes back. Are you thinking about flying? No. I'm certainly not. I know we have... I saw a couple different headlines. Scientists are testing ferrets, monkeys, and other animals for a possible COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, Even as huge studies in people are poised to start. Yet, I saw yesterday, as a headline, that Dr. Fauci said that we, the U.S. should have a couple hundred million doses of a COVID-19 vaccine by the start of 2021. So, is that just because we feel good? He wants us to feel good and it will happen? I don't know. 
I don't know. Get this number. 33% of unemployment benefits owed to Americans who lost their jobs during the pandemic have yet to be paid out. Wow. Now, France, other than, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, Apple. But according to this, France became the first major European country to launch its contact tracing app. (laughs) Yay! Yay! And, you know, many countries are lifting their restrictions on businesses despite despite COVID-19. I mean, India, opening restaurants, hotels, and places of worship. Uh, Next Monday, they're open for business. So... Okay, but and 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 they hit the hit a new record on Saturday for a single day rise in cases, almost eight thousand. But we can see these countries are realizing we can't lock it down. In India, restaurants. I mean, in Pakistan, Prime Minister is saying, uh, "Yes, uh, lockdowns will broadly end, except for a few sectors." So he's just going to pick some hot spots. Yeah, you're a sector I don't like. Closed. South American countries, Bolivia, Ecuador, Venezuela, also loosening restrictions. I mean, I thought South America was on fire. Brazil's the hot spot, according to WHO. They've suffered the second largest number of cases worldwide. And they're still opening up because they, they saw what it did to, I don't know, the countries that locked down for a multiple months. I know. I know. And look. The what you know they've all said. Well, look, the the previous lockdown has already hit poor people, and we have to save our people from coronavirus and hunger simultaneously. So, I mean, it, we have to. It, it could it could inflict the worst uh, worst recession since nineteen thirty. <laughs> you think? Duh. And I'll leave you with. Uh, <laughs> I told you, I told you, watch yourself out there, okay? Animals are getting even. They're coming back. And a new story coming out of Singapore, otters are taking over. They're pissed. Otters, too, this time. They're don't forget the otters were you know they're these otters in singapore are you know they love them they've had little state parks full of them they brought them back to life when they were almost extinct and yet now that the people are gone uh these otters are coming back into the cities and in the parks and eating everybody's pond fish and they're pissed they're pissed people want to coexist and thrive you can't do it We're human. Stop trying to coexist with these animals. We are the humans. Okay? I know. I know, I know, I know. According to the Prime Minister, he, rather than being focused on protecting territory, we must find ways to coexist and thrive with our local flora and fauna. (laughs) Okay. Have fun with that. Let me know how that works out. Prime Minister. Let's see how you like the otters coming up and attacking your 
your ponds and your kids. Because otters, man, they could be. I don't care what you think. I don't know. You ever, you ever had a pet otter? Write your own jokes. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. All right. Thanks for listening to Chewing the Fat. I appreciate it very much. I see a new Netflix documentary. Uh, they claim as the headline, exploring one of the greatest scandals in sports history. They just announced a new documentary. Um, one of the big scandals, the USA Gymnastics, right? With uh, Olympic Dr. Larry Nasser imprisoned now and dozens of coaches banned from the sport. The uh, documentary is going to be called Athlete A. And it should be fascinating. It's a big deal, man. There was all kinds of bad stuff from this douche. And so, uh, it'll be interesting. It will be very interesting. Is there a number someone could call for it? Yeah, it's called Netflix. Oh, okay. Uh, but the cover-up was even more. I mean, it went on forever. It's always, you know what? It's always the cover-up, isn't it? You betcha it is. And as long as we're on, you know, sports. I see where uh, Forbes has one of their, you know, new lists out. And uh, the highest paid athletes. Yay! And of course, uh, according to Forbes, the world's highest paid male athlete and the highest paid female athlete play the same sport. Did you guess what it is? Nope, that's not it. No, it's tennis, duh. Man, wow, this is, I mean, this is a good guess, I guess, but it's wrong. <laughs> it's tennis. Get your kids out there, man. Get them playing tennis. Get them doing, I mean, tennis is, uh, it doesn't take, it has wear and tear on the body, no question, but less wear and tear than many other sports. So get this, the average age and this is, uh, this is actually kind of heartbreaking for people that are in their advanced years that are, you know, have a few years down the road rather than other than these people. So the, uh, the average age of the top 100 is 30 and that's down from 31. Now, according to them, a few old timers creaked on the list once again Phil Mickelson who turns 50 next month is the oldest on the list followed by 44 year old Tiger Woods and a pair of NFL quarterbacks uh, Tom Brady 42 and Drew Brees 41 wow NBA rookie sensation uh, Zion Williamson, only teenager in the top 100. He earned, he's 19. He earned $27.3 million. Now, according to this, largely from endorsements. Okay, really? And he celebrates his 20th birthday coming up here in July. 10 of the 100 athletes are under 25. Get your kids out there playing sports. Get them out there right now. Make them an athlete. And then hope they don't get injured. Uh, I don't know who has been down that road. But uh, if you are fortunate enough to have an athlete 
and you can uh, nurture that athleticism and get them into the professional realm of that sport, then they can make some money. And uh, sometimes you get really close to that. And then let's just say, you know, an injury happens and then they, you know, it doesn't pan out. Man, that is a, that's a tough, tough one to take. I'm not saying it happens uh, often, but it does happen. So, you know, you may want to just keep that in mind as you uh, get your kids out there to play, to play different sports. How would you like to go to Davos? Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? To the World Economic Forum in Davos in January? <laughs> Doesn't that sound like fun? Well, now you can. I know you were thinking to yourself, no, I don't feel, I mean, they won't let me in. I have to be a journalist or I have to be an executive or I have to be a billionaire or a millionaire or a high-priced athlete on the Forbes 100 list to, you know, get around. Nope. It's gonna, it's gonna be open to everyone. Uh-huh. I know. I know. Now it's going to be open to virtually everyone. <laughs> now next year's event is going to be called the Great Reset. Oh. So the global elites are still going to be you know, there and, you know, rubbing elbows with each other, even in the, you know, COVID-19 world. But, uh, and you're still, you know, there's still, it's tough to get a room and you're going to make sure that you've got a, you know, reservations for restaurants and parties and everybody is, you know, has their hierarchy of importance. But according to the head of the WEF, the World Economic Forum, uh, they're going to operate in the form of twin summits that take place both at Davos and online. So how good is that? Huh? He said they're going to have an opportunity to join in on a powerful virtual hub network to interact with Davos leaders. Wow. That sounds more than 400 hubs are going to be located all over the world and open to everyone, journalists, whatever. Uh, now, sure, you may have to go through an accreditation process to go to the physical event, but you're going to be able to share your input, uh, you know, if you, you know, get yourself into the, into the, into the hub. So that's great, right? That's great. You didn't really think you were going to get the, go to Davos in January, did you? Unless you're, you know, one of the workers. <laughs> That's going to be interesting uh, to see if the elites, you know, have their waiters and servers still happening at Davos. You know they will. Uh, it'll be great to see that. No doubt about it. Because they will. And whoever is, you know, virtue signaling with the still wearing the mask, Oh no, we just had the, uh, we just had the vaccine, so we're fine. You people that are online in one of our hubs, make sure you wear your masks. And tomorrow, 
someone may stop by to take question and answers for five minutes. Uh, other than that, you're just going to see this live stream of our little get together. Uh, it's our luncheon every year at this particular hotel tomorrow. It's going to be the luncheon down the street. You'll be able to view that. And, uh, we'll answer one question, uh, at the, uh, twin summits, uh, the great reset of Davos, uh, the world economic forum in January. Yay. Yay.